Hey guys, how are you all doing? Welcome back to Star Wars Theory. Today we're going to go over episode number 8 of season 7 of The Clone Wars. So I'm going to talk about it a bit as usual, and then we'll do the full breakdown of pretty much scene by scene, and then we'll go into my thoughts as well. So, this episode was pretty awesome. I mean, it really sets up, it goes really fast, and it sets up what we're going to expect for episode 9, which... I really feel like is when this whole arc with Ahsoka is really beginning. This is like the fleshed out, what we've been waiting for. It's what the buildup has been going on for the last three episodes with these sisters. And I really can't wait to get started on it. So now that all the backstory is done, we can finally get on with the sweet action that we've all wanted. In this episode, Ahsoka finally reveals her powers to Rafa and Trace. And they all get mad at her for hiding it for so long. Especially after what they said happened to their parents which is that the Jedi killed them by accident in a mission. The beginning starts with them all in jail as per the ending of the last episode, and Ahsoka asks them to trust her, that she has a final plan and to just go with it. They get taken to the leader of the Pikes, Mark Krim, where he is about to order them to execution if they don't give the spice. This is where Ahsoka basically throws her friends under the bus, you know, part of her plan, and tells him to give the girls one rotation. Basically, you know, one day to retrieve the cargo, and if they fail, then she'll reveal the location of the family. Now. Of course, as we learned in the last few episodes, Trace and Rafa's parents were killed by the Jedi in an accident involving Zero the Hutt and Cad Bane. So with that offer, the Pikes let them go, and hold Ahsoka as collateral should they fail. Now one of the Pikes tells Mark Krim that this is just another diversion, and Mark Krim says, you know, we know this, but we really have no other option, because he knows. He always knows. And who's he referring to? Well. Darth Maul. And I really like that he showed up in this episode a little bit because it really ties in a lot of what we wanted to see in the second installment of Solo. So I'm starting to see that there's going to be maybe a backstory built here regarding Maul and the crime syndicate. And I'm really excited for that because I really wanted to see Solo 2 because it would have covered so much of Darth Maul on Dathomir. Anyways, I guess we'll get that material still, but broken up in these other segments, such as the Clone Wars, or comics, and books, and things like that. Now, also, this whole scheme that Ahsoka pulled off really reminded me of something Anakin would do, and... No, I gotta say, I liked it. It was cool. I like where they've taken Ahsoka's character, and I really can't wait to see how she handles Maul in the next episodes. I think Ahsoka is probably one of the most well-rounded and interesting characters that has been written in Star Wars. Anakin is my favorite, and so is Luke, and I think their character arcs are absolutely amazing, but Ahsoka's really got an interesting one. Because hers is almost opposite. You know, she starts out kind of at the Jedi Temple, you know, from a very young age somewhat, and then becomes lost, whereas it's the opposite for Luke, he was lost, and then he found who he really is, he's a Jedi, he's a Jedi Knight. Rafa and Trace pull a little heist to steal spice from the pikes, which backfires when they get beat up. Now, this part was a little bit too easy for me, it just seemed like, okay, well, I kind of felt like I was watching a Pixar film, which, don't get me wrong, I love my Pixar movies, but... It, these these villains, I mean, they were just basically workers that were working at a mine factory, a spice factory. And they just seemed too easy to defeat. They were very, very dumb. It just seemed a little too convenient for me. But hey, it helped the story move along, so that's fine. Anyways, the forces with the sisters are not literally, just figuratively here. And they end up winning and getting out of there. Ahsoka makes her way through the Pikes factory. And one of the ways she does this by getting out of the jail is that she uses the force to deactivate the beams holding her down, which is a really cool ability for a Jedi. Now, as Ahsoka makes her way through the Pike's factory, she plants bombs that she got from one of the armories all over the place. And while doing this, she comes across a hologram speaking to the Pike leader and his men. She hides and notices that the hologram is Maul. 
who tells them that they are just a small piece in this mechanism that he's designed. And when they fail, the whole thing suffers. So for me, it's really cool to see Maul before I continue here, because we haven't seen him since Sidious completely defeated him and killed his brother, Savage Press. And he's got his hood up, and we're really getting those solo vibes. This is kind of where it all starts, I think. Mark Krim tells him that one of his shipments were just raided on Coruscant. Maul turns and questions if it was a Jedi, assuming that it was. The whole scene is just way too cool because seeing Maul in all of this brings back so many dark side connections with Sidious and Dooku and Grievous and this and that. Well, maybe not Grievous, but it just connects everything and makes you remember all the bad guys here because we've been so focused on Rafa, Trace, and Ahsoka for the last little bit. It kind of feels like you know, for the whole season. You guys remember the Bad Batch? I miss those guys. Now, I assure you this character development that we're seeing with Ahsoka, while many are saying that it's slow, is really going to pay off when we get to Mandalore. Trust Dave Filoni, hang in there, it's gonna be worth it. Anyways, Maul tells the Pikes not to fail him or else the crime syndicate will be happy to handle them, which is also very cool to see. Now we're, you know, getting some lineage into the crime syndicate here and we're seeing how Maul is really starting to progress. Ahsoka plants a few more bombs, tracks down where Maul's transmission came from, and is surprised and confused as to why it came from Mandalore, saying, what are you doing there? The Pikes barge in and suspect her of being a Jedi. Finally, now she can just be herself. And you know what? She didn't even deny it. She didn't say, I'm no Jedi. She said that her friends don't know that she's a Jedi and that they're just regular people. Mark Krim says the Jedi Council will regret sending you here. Now, I think she doesn't deny that she's a Jedi because she doesn't want to go into a long story about the complications of it. But while I was watching, and my mind has changed now, I was thinking maybe she's hoping the Council will be a fail-safe plan if Mark contacts them about it or, you know, sends men to retaliate where Anakin would maybe get wind of Ahsoka and sense something was wrong and come to help her. Then I realized how much trouble she's gone to just keep herself disassociated from the Jedi. She really wouldn't want their help. As Trace and Rafa get back to the Pikes after their lucky win over the Pixar team, I mean over the, the, the criminals from the mining factory, they all get told by Mark Krim that Ahsoka is a Jedi, to which they wish that she would have told them earlier, and they don't really believe him. Now to Ahsoka's defense, how could she really tell them about who she was when they were saying that their parents were killed because of Jedi? The girls are surprised that Ahsoka was allowed to leave the Jedi Order. They didn't even know that was a thing. And this to me is really cool because we're getting insight into what normal citizens or non-Jedi folk of the galaxy really know about Jedi, which is essentially nothing. Kind of like Anakin on Tatooine as a boy, you know, wizards with laser swords, basically. Now that the cat's out of the bag and the three are about to be executed, Ahsoka sets off the detonator and blows up the whole place where she planted mines. The distraction knocks over the pikes and they make a run for it getting in their ship, where we get a little bit of a Han Solo original trilogy theme going on and they shoot down the pikes chasing them. We get some very good character development here for the sisters, you know, they play a little chicken as Trace flies straight for the last pike in their way, and we see her character arc is a little more developed now too as she's more daring and confident in her maneuvers, whereas before she was just a little more timid. They fly off the planet and back to Coruscant to safety. As they land, Trace and Rafa leave the ship immediately. Ahsoka knows they're mad at her for lying about being a Jedi, when they tell her that they wish more Jedi were actually like her. This is a huge moment in the episode and in Star Wars, really. It was a big highlight for me. This is really building on how non-Jedi folks see the Jedi, 
and kind of really let us see into why so many turned against them so easily after Sidious turned to Emperor and made the Galactic Empire. It wasn't really just a quick 180 flip, this was a premeditated thing that had been going on for years, whereas the people were seeing, alright, this war has taken far too long, it's taken too many lives, and the Jedi are just really destroying things, they're kind of like a bull in a china shop. They didn't really see the Jedi as keepers of the peace, they saw them more like someone who was just, you know, doing something for a greater cause than the lives of civilians. Which didn't really make sense since it was all to preserve peace anyways. They kind of just destroyed everything and killed people around them in the name of choosing the lesser of two evils when on a mission, kind of like Trace and Rafa's parents. I think the Jedi were keepers of the peace, however, and I'm not going to get too into detail on this, I think they did get far too obsessed with politics and became slaves of the Republic, rather than trusting more in the Force like they were meant to do. Instead, they became war generals, and war does not make one great, as Yoda would say. Qui-Gon and Count Dooku had the right idea about the Jedi. Now, Count Dooku obviously went to become a Sith, but Qui-Gon, I believe, really strayed as far away from the Jedi ideals as he could while still being a Jedi and a, you know, a good man. As they wish more Jedi were like her, and that Jedi or not, she's their friend, it really makes you realize that if their mindset here is kind of like the majority of civilians, it makes you realize that Ahsoka is really what the Jedi should be here. She doesn't follow blindly in the name of politics or whatever. She follows the Force, and that is what a true Jedi really is, like Qui-Gon. This is when Bo-Katan walks in and proposes an offer. It's a very quick scene, it's very short and sweet. She says Death Watch is gone, as Ahsoka gets super defensive. She tells her that they have a common enemy, as a hologram of Maul shows up. You have five minutes to decide, says Bo, and walks away. The sisters implore Ahsoka to go and help her, just like she helped them. But Ahsoka, of course, is very weary of doing this, and not so sure. She says she's afraid to go, that if she does, it'll set her down the path of becoming a Jedi once again. And this is great to hear for me, because it shows that she wants nothing to do with them for what they did and what they're turning into, and it shows you even more so now that she has distanced herself further from the Jedi, every day farther and farther away, and more rooted into who she really is, instead of the brainwashing that went on at the temple. Rafa and Trace tell her that it's what she was meant to do, to go and to do what must be done. Do not hesitate, show no more. Okay, sorry, I, I got carried away there. Anyways, Ahsoka gets in Bo's ship and gets out of there to Mandalore where she's about to take on Maul and probably defeat him. I, I, I mean, I hope, at least. Dethrone him, you know what I mean? Now, why haven't we seen much of Anakin and the Jedi? Well, because I bet you this whole time that Ahsoka's been in trouble with the Pikes and whatnot, here and, you know, the, the Rafa and Trace arc, all that, is during Revenge of the Sith. This is where Anakin has already killed Dooku and was probably near the point of Order 66, or just, you know, pretty much before. The next episode is really where things pick up so fast, so I hope you're going to buckle up, because we're only four episodes away from the end of the entire season, and hopefully we'll go further into Order 66 and see things that we've never seen before, like Anakin raiding the temple with the clones. I mean, we could see really anything at this point. Did he let the younglings go? Just imagine that. This whole time, he actually we see that he, he actually let them go. He couldn't do it. Now, of course, we know this didn't really happen in actuality because in a 
conference with Ian McDermott. Ian said that George cut the scene which he had written or wanted to put in there, which showed, you know, little younglings and Jedi cut up on the floor, and he figured that was far too dark for children, so he just, you know, he abandoned that idea. But what I'm saying is to get your wheels thinking, to get your brain thinking, that we could really see anything in the next four episodes. It could change the fate of Order 66. It could change the fate of what we know at least of what happened in the temple and so much beyond it as well. I hope you're excited. I certainly am. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always. Now, fulfill your destiny.